welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, episode 100 of Miss Bossy Boots. Welcome, Jane. Thank you, Stacey. How exciting is this? Absolutely. Who I, honestly, we did this for a bit of fun. That's how we started Miss Bossy Boots. Yeah. If you would have told me we'd get to 100 episodes in the beginning, I wouldn't have believed you because we were so (laughs) inconsistent and so chatty. Like we'd just get together and go, let's record an episode. And then we'd spend the whole time talking and I know. Not, not do what we were supposed to do. And it's it, it, 100 episodes, but it's like three years. We've, yeah. been, we've been fronting up and doing this for, for three years, which has been a highlight of, um, of my fortnight, I must say. It's yeah, great, great to have someone to download with and, um, you know, I guess test ideas with and, you know, bitch about people with. <laughs> And then have that aired to anyone who wants to listen. It's yes, great. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Jane, for um, when I suggested one afternoon. I know exactly where I was driving when I was on the phone to you and I suggested it, but thank you for embracing it and um, sticking with it and hopefully we we'll, we can rack up another 100. Another 100, That's absolutely. But for our episode 100, which is a very special episode, we thought we would do something super special and we thought if you got a transcript of all of the episodes we've done of Miss Bossy Boots and we were going to pick out keywords and mm. key phrases that mm. would come up throughout those 100 episodes, there would be one name mm. that would be top of the list in terms of n- number of mentions on 100%. Miss Bossy Boots. And so we thought let's reach out to the fabulous Lorraine Murphy and see if she would like to be a guest for episode 100 of Miss Bossy Boots. And she said yes. Welcome, Lorraine. You guys, thank you. Well, you only tell my only fan out there is your 100th episode. I'm honoured. Thank you. I hope you guys are celebrating. That's an epic win. Well done. Well, oh, yes, we're going out for lunch after this. but yes. um, Good. Nice we, one. We, I think we will definitely celebrate now when we're recording, but we're also going to celebrate when we air. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, any any right. opportunity, Lorraine. Well yeah. done, guys. That's amazing. Thank you. So we've, you know, we've followed your career for for a good number of years now. We've done stuff in person, um, live with you. Yeah. We've done stuff online with you, and have loved watching you transition from one project to the next. And just like Miss Bossy Boots has changed throughout that entire journey, the place that you're in now is very different to the place that you were in five years ago. Can you talk? Uh, us and our listeners through that evolution from the Remarkables group through to Create Academy and where you're at now? Yeah, God. How long have you got? (laughs) (laughs) I come up up with a lot of ideas. Uh, So I started my first business, as you already touched on, it was called the Remarkables group in my spare bedroom. That was in May 2012. And that was in the influencer marketing space. So I ran that business for five and a half years. Happily, it went on to be a, a pretty amazing success. That was probably most of all a surprise to me because There was no reason necessarily why that business should have been successful because I had no experience. The business was first market. No one really knew what bloggers could do back then. Um, But it did go on to be a success. And from that business, while I was still running that business, I wrote my first book, which is called Remarkability. And that's all of the the tales from the front line of running a business. And that went on to be a bestseller, which again was a a massive surprise to me. (laughs) Then... Uh, then our beautiful daughter Lexi was born in June 2013. She just turned three, which is just mind blowing. And when she was born, I, I think a lot of mothers and, and maybe fathers would also say this. I kind of had a bit of a chance to go, okay, look, what do I really want to create here? And the plan with the Remarkables group was always to take it global. I was going to move to the UK when Lexi, just before she turned myself and my husband, we were going to move together to launch the business over there. 
Um, so the plan was to take a global, build five global locations and then sell it to a big multinational corporation and then spend a couple of years doing my earnout and then go and kind of pursue writing and speaking and mentoring full time, which is my, you guys have probably heard me say this a few times, it's my heart on soul work. That's like my thing that lights me up so much. And when Lexi was born, I realized I, I went back into the business when she was three and a half months old and around the point that she was five months old, I went, holy crap, time is going to go so quickly because when you have got a child, it, that that's they, they're almost like a barometer of the time that's elapsed in your know, Lexi's three and like holy crap mm -hmm. how much has happened in three years yeah and I really just started to ask myself do I really want to devote eight years to growing this business moving to foreign countries and um, you know which I, I love but not necessarily to start on the ground starting that business all over again it just wasn't lighting me up so I kind of decided just to cut to the chase and to pursue my soul on fire stuff then rather than waiting eight years plus to do it. So I sold the business to my business partner. And at the start of 2018, I pr guess pretty much started the Lorraine Murphy show, whatever that was going to look like. I had, oh yeah, and that month I published my, no, yes, that month I published my second book, Get Remarkably Organized. That was early 2018. Yeah. And that opened up a lot of doors for me around that organizational space. And I think it's a, for me, it's such an example of like even yesterday morning, I was walking with my friend Stacey and I was saying I haven't done my Get Remarkably Organized program for a couple of years. I haven't run it, run it. And she said, but that's your thing. And I was like, but like, do people not know how to do this stuff? And she was like, no, no, that's, that's your nice. thing. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. it's my yeah. thing. <laughs> so that book came out and that was huge. Like still, that's the biggest of my three books, Get Remarkably Organized, which I guess is Stacey's oh, really? whole point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just right. trying, oh, like. Ma massively like outstrips the other two hugely and wow. and then yeah so to be very transparent with you guys it's been I mean I, I ran away to Bali for eight weeks just to kind of recover from the whole having a baby as in with my child I went with Lexi for eight weeks and and I'll just figure out what it was going to do next and but to be really transparent with you guys it's been two years and I, I honestly feel it's probably only in the last six weeks that it started falling into place for me with with what I'm doing wow. and I have to say as we're recording this we're all pretty much out I guess we can say we're out of ISO now um, yeah. and I think for me I come up with a lot of ideas and I'm very good at executing ideas like getting them out there very quickly and um, which I think is where Create Academy my, my current program came from but I think that's it's what does my husband Wade say he says you know your greatest your greatest strength is also your great, greatest weakness so that's also weakness because I remember God, this time last year, making a list of all the projects that I had on the go and there was 17, you know, it's just, and it, you know, it's me and a, a small support team. So I think what ISO, the blessing in ISO for me was it forced me to focus because it, it immediately took off the table, all of the in-person. So I do a lot of speaking, uh, corporate trainings, workshops. You guys have both been to a workshop on mine in Port Macquarie. Um, and yeah. so it took all that off the table, which meant, okay, well then Lorraine, you actually, you can only work on this, these revenue streams right now. And, right. and that forced focus, I think, was really, really good for me. And it's amazing to see how much more successful things are being, almost how, also how much more present I'm being in them as well. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of long-winded. But, yeah, I published my third book last year, which is Baby Remarkable, which is all about running a business with, with a family. And right now my biggest focuses are my online programs because I'm kind of starting to find my groove with them, which is really exciting. And, and also retreats. So I hosted my first retreat to Bali in 2018 and was meant to take a group away again in May this year, which has been moved to second half of next year. Um, but I just announced a, a retreat to Noosa. I, I announced it fully on Wednesday night. I kind of had shared it with a couple of my, my groups beforehand. 
and that's I think it'll sell out today, which is amazing. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> Again, that. didn't I, expect. I saw it too, yes. and I was like, oh, oh I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, there, there will be. I will definitely do a second one because yeah, quite a few people aren't going to make it to this one. So, oh, so yeah, that's. I hope that answers your question, Stacey. That's there's a lot to talk about. So. Yeah. So, so one question that I have off the back of that. So you said like about six weeks ago was when you've, when you kind of really realized what it is that you kind of want to do moving forward. Is that a mm. result of the focus and, 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 and are you able to share kind of what, what it is that you've decided to move forward on and, and where you really want to show up moving forward? Yeah, sure. Very happy to answer that. I think, I mean, yeah, I think the big thing was just taking in-person stuff out of it altogether and what, what did that then mean that I needed to focus on? And so I think that was one big thing, the force focus. And I think we all had the chance to be a bit more introspective during ISO. And mm. I know for us now that our weekends are starting to fill up again, it was like so yeah. nice just to have a whole expanses yeah. of time where we didn't have to be anywhere, go do anything. And I will also say, and again, being very, I, I like to speak quite openly, myself and Wade did a lot of work in our relationship during ISO as well, because this was the first time that one, so we've been together 10 years, 10 and a half years now. And this was the first time that we had both been under the same roof for more than a month. And never mind four months, <laughs> just yeah. had never happened before. One of us was always traveling or someone was all doing, you know, launching a business. There was always something going on. Yeah. So I think that kind of um, really stabilizing things at home and really boosting so much the harmony at home. I think that's given me more headspace and just more energy and more, I mean, we're all happier and more motivated, more feeling loved and loving. So I think that's made a big difference as well. So that might not have been the answer you're expecting, Jane, but yeah, I do like to speak openly because I, and I, you know, I work with my mentees on this. It's when, when one area of our lives is going really well, it has a halo effect on every other area. So I think mm. that, that chance to focus on, on everything, you know, doing more exercise, eating well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely ISO eating going on in our house. And um, so, yeah, I think it just has a, a halo effect on everything. So I think that's been really, really helpful as well. So does and then, this mean, so I was going to say, so does this mean, okay, so that, so you, you were able to be more introspective, you were able to work on your relationship, your in-person work dropped, so you were able to focus more on the online products. But as we mm. go, as we move outside of COVID and hopefully outside of social, you know, isolation, and at one point, hopefully we'll be able to, to travel again and go to speaking events and those sorts of things, mm. will that stuff come back into your life at this stage like is this a temporary pause while you're focusing on on this stuff or is this stuff that will have lasting effect and and you know ultimately change your longer term direction such a good question i i actually went and did some planning over monday and tuesday this week because and i think like a lot of people get kind of we, we myself and wade both set our goals for the year and it's like the universe just kind of shook the snow globe and was like haha mm. that's you know, everything's going to change. So <laughs> I, I went away because I could feel almost like the snowflakes starting to settle in the snow globe. And I was like, okay, what, what does this need to look like now? So I took myself away for 24 hours down to Bondi in Sydney and just did some really, really deep planning. And um, so to answer your question, the in-person stuff is still definitely on there. But my speaking, my, my goal for the next, well, really for the next five years is to just do one, one speaking gig a month. Um, so just to be a lot more selective about speaking I'm doing because I love going regional and doing all that kind of thing but it's it's, it's just a lot of travel for yeah. you know one hour yeah. of being on stage so it's not to say I don't ever want to do it again I do but it's just being more selective and, and aiming just to do one a month I think that would be really good the other thing that I realized during that planning and it's kind of been a bit of a I guess the seed of an idea for quite a while is is up until now all of my programs I just sell to my community so my Instagram mm. my email list 
mean, Facebook, I'm just never, never on Facebook. I should be on more. And, and so what I've realized is I'm really playing very small. You know, it's, it's almost like me keeping myself in a box where all I lo- I'll only um, bring new things to the people who know me and trust me and, and, you know, get me. So mm-hmm. my next big thing now is to start taking things beyond that. So really investing in paid social, um, paid social advertising, um, Google advertising, and just, you know, retargeting, just playing a bigger game. Because, you know, if I get three times the amount of people that I get on an online program, when I just sell it to my community and they're so incredibly supportive, you know, I had yeah. 105 people join Create Academy, which, you know, in, in economic, in, in, in the economic climate that we're in right now, it's, you know, it's not something I take lightly at all. So it's just thinking about if I go bigger on, do less things, but go bigger on those things. That's probably the, mm. the strategy in one line. Do you get me? Yeah, I totally get it. How does it make you feel to take it outside of the comfort zone of your tight, really tight tribe to take it out to, to the bigger, bolder world? And, and I'm assuming you're taking that internationally. That is, that, that's, that's not just the yeah, Australian well, market. Would say it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah for, for sure. It's funny you ask that because there's people from all over the world doing my programs. I mean, you kind of realise yeah. you're, you know, I'm working mo- well, all, all the time at home right now and you get to have a global impact. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, it makes me feel shit scared because I feel mm-hmm. like it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. You know, I've got mm-hmm. a beautiful community. I feel very in tune with them and how I can serve them and what, you know, I, I just get them, which is awesome. So yeah, just to kind of put my head over the parapet and I was just hoping it's just, it's my limiting belief of, you know, when you see someone's Instagram ad pop up, you're like, Oh, you know, it's just like, no, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. It's just, it's all my own <laughs> bullshit, you know? So this is good. Um, I feel like I'm in live therapy on, on, on this call to you guys, but uh, yeah, so it's just, <laughs> It's my own BS, you know, so it does make me feel nervous as, as and my friend Jack Delosa puts it so well, you know, growth can't coexist with, with comfort. So in order for me to grow, I'm going to have to be uncomfortable for a while. And the thing is that will become normal and that will become easy. And then yeah. what's the next thing and the next thing, you know? But it's good for yeah. us to hear that, Lorraine, because so many of us play small for that exact same reason. But we mm. would think, I don't know about you, Jane, but I would think, well, Lorraine probably doesn't struggle with that because Lorraine's Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> but nice to hear that it's also something that, you know. Lorraine plays, does. Lorraine does and it plays in your mind as well because yeah. for me, I'm very comfortable where I'm comfortable and I'm very, <laughs> very not willing to step out and and play bigger but that's um yeah that's a nice takeaway so thank you and you know as just you were saying that Stacey I thought it would be so interesting to almost be able to chart your comfort zone you know that I'm sure you guys have seen this image I shared it myself a few times that circle of like this is your comfort zone and then it's like where life begins and it's outside your comfort zone but you know for me writing my first book was shit scary hosting my first workshop was terrifying you know when you guys would have come to that workshop in Port Macquarie I would have been crapping myself before that workshop and now it's like I could just rock up and I could happily run a three-hour workshop without having any material prepared, you know, and yes. that's crazy. If I go back and, you know, talk to past Lorraine, she would just be appalled at that idea and terrified. So I, I did realize, and you know what actually um, was really helpful for me happened before I did that planning this week because last week, uh, well, the week before last, Jack Delosa reached out to me and said that they were hosting this digital summit. It was called Reboot mm-hmm. for Entrepreneurs. Um, and he asked me to MC it. And I straight away texted back saying yes. And I was like, I have yeah. no idea what I'm signing over here. And I went to the rehearsal with him the following Monday. It was the day before the event. And I freaked out because the tech was just so... Um, I've done live TV a few times wow. now. And yeah. this, this was like next level. There were so many screens. There were so many people. Yeah. 
And also you're presenting down a Zoom link, but you yeah. know that there's over a thousand people. It's just, it's just, whoa, whoa. Yes. So I think that yeah. was really good for me because it forced me out of my comfort zone. And I think I then took that uh, expanded perspective into my planning this week. Yes. That's so awesome. I think that was, so yeah, I think it will be interesting to chart your comfort zone and go, what was really outside my comfort zone this year or this month? And then chart, because those things just become easy then. I mean, Stacey, I'm sure the first time you stood in front of a room and taught some kids, you were like, yeah, you know, and yeah. now you could, you probably do do it in your sleep as in you, you dream about it. And Jane, same as you, first time you sat down with a client and gave them some strategic advice for, you know, your imposter syndrome's going crazy. So yeah. and that, that's been really a big learning for me over the last couple of weeks is that there's comfortable and there's way too comfortable. And I think I've been playing in the too comfortable zone yeah. for a while now. Stacey's going to handle too. You... <laughs> this is how we do it. I hand up. I've got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to me. The um, the the way you talk about Jack, I love, and he's been such mm. a, a part of your he's journey. Such a rock and, star. And yeah, yeah, we've kind of watched um, his evolution with the entourage and, and mm. he, the way he's grown and changed as well. You obviously have him in your corner, which is awesome. And you know, we've mm. talked about the way that we we read your books and we go to your things and we we look up to you. Who are Thank the other you. people that are in your life? that perhaps we don't know about that have influenced mm. you over the years and what is it about them that continues to inspire you? Such a good question. And it's funny because I was recording, I was batching three podcast episodes myself yesterday and one of the ones coming up is on mentoring and, and the power of mentoring. And it's funny how I think for me a mark of a really powerful mentor is that you still think of the things that they said to you eight years later. You know, it still pops into your head. It's almost like they like internalize in your brain. And it's funny how many people tell me that I – and that for them, just, just crazy. And um, but I think for me, I mean, if I was to, and uh, I'm just pondering a thought. I wonder if your mentors are most powerful at your most most formative times. So I know for me, in the early days of my career, uh, the the first business owner who gave me a shot, she gave me a, a seven week internship in PR. Um, she was a, an amazing mentor. If I look back to when I moved to London two years later, and there was again a someone in a PR agency called Anna Hooper who gave me a crack and she was just such an amazing mentor to me. And, you know, I still think back so fondly to her and, and still think about the things that she taught me. So I think mm. there's something very powerful about those men, mm. mentors that are around when you're, when you talk about comfort zones, when you're really stretching beyond your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely early bosses who you guys would probably never know about, but they're definitely internalized in my head. And other people that I look up to, I mean, a new, a new person, not new, I read her book last year, is Rachel Hollis. I don't know if you've come across her in the States. Love. Um, so she's, Hollis. you know her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Write her yeah. massively. Um, yeah. So I love Rachel Hollis. Um, oh, I was going to say someone else and they just didn't come out very well during the whole Black Lives Matter thing. So I'm just I'm going to come on, on the fence on that person at the moment. But I know like Tony, Tony Rob, and this is the thing I said in my podcast interview, my podcast episode. I think we assume that mentors need to know that we exist. You know, we, 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 we kind of need to be in a dialogue with them. But if I could someone like Tony Robbins or Oprah or Richard Branson or Brené Brown, like I get to be mentored by them. Just this morning I was listening to an interview that Brené Brown did. Like we get to be mentored by all these people, but we don't necessarily ever need to come into contact with them. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think it would be remiss of me not to mention Wade in this, this conversation because when I met him, and you know, it's very similar. It's, it's weird. Myself and Jack are, We've got this weird kind of soul connection. We both talked about it with each other, um, but it's totally platonic. It's the weirdest thing, whereas Wade wasn't <laughs> platonic. <laughs> but I think both of them saw, and I think this is what a mentor does as well, both of them saw something in me that I didn't see myself yet. 
Yeah. And it's almost like then you want to stretch and grow to be the person that they see that you can be. And I definitely, that's definitely the case with Jack and with, with, with Wade. Um, mm. And just someone to be in your corner and someone who brings a new perspective. You know, it's funny. I thought that was so refreshing when I met Wade that he would force me to think about things differently. And now when we're talking about particularly so much going on in the world, I'm like, can you just agree with me, please? <laughs> just, just say I'm right. Just say, you know, yeah. and he still yeah. brings that. Whereas now it kind of annoys me a little bit more than it used to. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think Wade and, I, and uh, Cheryl Sandberg said this in Lean In. She said the most important career decision a woman will ever make is who she decides to marry or who she decides yeah. to partner yeah. with long term. So yeah. I think that's, yeah. yeah, I think I'm I'm very lucky if I can see him as a mentor. Can I just go back to to something that you mentioned there, and it was probably just a, a slip, but in, it, you said that there, there is someone, but you're you're not quite sure about mm. how you feel about them as as the way yeah. because of the way they've they've managed something through yeah. through the Black Lives Matter. One observation that that I've certainly made over the last three or six three three to four months, really. I mean, it feels like mm. six months, but yeah. it really only has been you know two or three know. months. Feels like ten years. God. Is we as a human race, we as business owners, we as parents, we as you know um, community citizens, have had to just manage situations that we've never had to mm. even think about. You know, we've read about these sorts of things in history books. And now we've moved from a world pandemic that's kind of ripped the world as we know it out from our feet, which I still believe is something that has ultimately, certainly for my life and certainly for a lot of people that I've spoken to, will actually end up being, a, you know, a positive outcome. It's, it's a bit mm. of a um, poo storm now, but it will end up being, being yeah. positive. And we've moved from COVID into the Black Lives Matter thing. And one thing I've noticed with the Black Lives Matter is there's a, a whole bunch of people who really want to do the right thing on this and they mm. want to do, they want to help, but it's but they don't know how. And and some people are kind of getting out there and doing what they can and just starting. Um, and and some people are doing this well and, and they're well informed and they have the right amount of empathy and, and understanding of the situation to to get on that pl public platform and and say the right things. And then there's some people who want to help and are saying the wrong things and then there's obviously people who are saying well you know what are you talking about black lives matter every life matters and they're then they're just being their mm. usual racist selves so when you talk about that person is this someone that is ultimately a racist and you went whoa didn't realize that or is it someone who's kind of got out there and tried to be do something that's well intended but has maybe made a mistake Mm, probably more the second I mean definitely not overtly racist for sure um, but it's someone who uh, did, did quite a bit of insta posting around the fact that you know that you know black lives matter and, and so on and then someone approached her and called her out privately and there was a very very long email exchange and then the the woman who she had up the woman who called her out said I just I need some time to process process this I you know I'm not ready to talk about this yet and this person went ahead and published anyway and right. I just felt like that was really disrespectful and yeah. and it was you know it was when I first saw it I was like oh fair play you know she, she's actually published the whole six page pdf of these email conversations and I read the whole thing and I said you know that's that's but she actually doesn't come across well in it you know it's very okay. clear that she's forcing yes. her agenda on the other person so yes it's it's, wow. it's kind of complicated she's not overtly racist um 
However, she kind of had an opportunity to actually listen to a black person yes. and what they were saying, and she still forced her agenda on them, which is why I'm, yes. I'm on the fence. Yes. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. And interesting, it's just yeah. an interesting observation that someone that, that, that you've looked up to has influenced mm. you and at a point like this and, and, you know, something that Stace and I have said throughout COVID is this is a, a point where it's really revealing. You know, people are revealed for their true feeling because they're mm. put under a point of pressure, pressure and they're acting without necessarily thinking and so all of a sudden this kind of underlying stuff yeah. that people might have hidden really well in the past has just popped out you know and and you know before some someone's you know pr person could get hold of it um so it's yeah that's a really really interesting um observation. yeah I'll, I'll tell you all fair who it is and you can go check it out but it's it's an interesting case study from a brand you know yeah. <laughs> branding perspective oh yeah. and and it's something yeah. that i've been looking at too because i'm like i i want to i want to i want to get involved i want to do something i have deliberately not gone on to social media because i feel like that's the like for me that feels very token because i feel like I'm, that's not an action that's you know, it's very easy to to you know chuck up a post on on social media and and be part of the action but for me i've wanted to do something a little bit more impactful but i don't know mm. what do you know what i mean so i'm mm. kind of out there really curious going well i want to learn you know i want to learn i want to be um shown what to do but i have no idea and then you feel mm. that you're not doing anything because you're not doing anything <laughs> do you know what i mean it is you kind yeah of i hear you point where you get stuck because you're like well i want to help but i don't know how but i you know where do i kind of mm. start so Anyway, from I'm what sure. I'm understanding from following it, and I've actually started to follow a lot of Black Lives Matter accounts and people who are being very more so in the States, which I know isn't a good thing. I think I should be focusing more close to home in Australia as well. Mm. And but something is just uh, I mean, there's been so many themes and this is this is not my area of expertise at all. Um, but it's saying, you know, if, if you don't know what to do, just educate yourself. Like that's the biggest yes. thing. And you know, yes. for me, I'm reading a brilliant book. Like listening. it's called Why I'm, Why I'm Not Talking to white people about race anymore which has been really really eye-opening and there's also a brilliant documentary called the 13th which i watched um which was just absolutely mind-blowing and i've actually got a list of books that i'm you know i, I want to work my way through so i think yeah it's, it's the listening educating yourself and also i from i've done a lot of podcast listening about it as well oprah has yeah. two it's a two-part series on where oh, do we go right. from here i think it's called oh, that's amazing yeah, i learned so yeah. much from that and also just got a sense of the sentiment from black people. You know, something that yeah. just broke my heart was one of the men she interviewed. And he said, time, he said, time and energy are commodities in a person's life. I'm saying, you know, I've been talking about this for 40 years. And you know, the, what else could I have created with this time and energy? And that just made my heart just break because, you know, that's, that's the situation. Um, I've just sent you the name on chat. So, you know, <laughs> if you want to yeah. do research on it. Okay, yeah. well, I'm, I, yeah, I will actually. I, that, that, that's a good place to start because I've just been watching the kind of social commentary and probably um, really just trying to learn, well, what's, what are people embracing and what are people kind of rejecting mm. in terms of, and, mm. it's, and it's just been really interesting to see what people have been rejecting because it's like, oh, wow, you know, I thought that that was looking like it was a really good effort at getting in, involved but okay I can see I can see how now that 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 would make that person angry or or whatever so it's been a more of a social commentary that I've been looking at but but yes and I, I will I'll definitely start there so thank you for that that's a nice segue into yeah that's okay Jane it is um <laughs> discrimination and um social commentary a couple of years ago when Lexi was really little you were away um, at some yeah. um, in the UK and you shared a story with the world that kind of helped shed 
the um, the inappropriate discrimination that you um, faced up to. We shared a whole episode on Miss Bossy Boots of our experiences with with what you were talking about and how um, frustrated we were for you about not just your experience but oh, about thank you. The, the kind <laughs> of the global experience um, because it really hit a nerve, yeah. not just with us but, uh, you know, with so mm. many of your tribe members and people around the world. Mm. So we're a few years on now and, you know, we've had... COVID and everything else that goes with it and Black Lives Matter that we've been talking about. Do you do you feel like the world is a bit more accepting with how we're showing up as parents um, a, a couple of years mm. on? Do you, do you feel a shift or a, a difference now? And, and Lexi's a bit older, obviously, too. So where, where are you kind of at now post that experience? Well, I think ISO has been huge for that um, because I think... You know, it was interesting. I was chatting to a friend of mine who works in a, an organization, which you guys would know, and she's moved to the central coast, south coast. She moved to the south coast with her, her husband and daughter and to work remotely. And she was the first person in the business who had done that. So she was working remotely with, you know, a child at home, obviously at daycare most sometimes or whatever. And she said it was so hard because no one in the office understood her, mm. her experience. And she said it was amazing. Um, when everyone had to do that over the last three months. And she said, it's like, they're all saying, oh my God, I get it now. I understand, I get it. Yes. And she, so, so I thought that, I think that has been very leveling for everyone. You know, it's yes. not that, you know, you're trying to frantically trying to keep the kids out of the Zoom call or whatever. Like this morning, I, I've got an LM yeah. Love Club, which is like my membership, my membership group. And each month I do a one-on-one -on -one call with one of the group. And then we share that mentoring call for the whole group to, for them to kind of learn from, hopefully pick up some nuggets from the work I do with that one person. And mm -hmm. Lexi just stuck her head into the office and wanted to say goodbye before she left. And, you know, that's, that's just accepted now. And I know yeah. another friend of mine, one of my clients actually, she works for a big bank. And she was saying, it's been so nice uh, just to see inside your colleagues' houses and see their kids Hasn't pop it? up and their pets pop up. I think it's yeah. made us in a lot more habitat. human in the workplace. Yeah. Such a nice way of putting it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, and I know for me, and there's a, you know, I mostly work from home. I normally go to a co-working space on a Tuesday, but also that hasn't happened for a few months. But I know a lot of my friends, that, you know, even part of big organizations and, and also small businesses are saying, well, we may just not go back to an office because people yeah. just have a bit more, a bit more, oh, a bit <laughs> more balance. But I think it helps with the balance when your kids are actually at school or daycare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very different situation <laughs> when they're home all the time. Yeah. And, and, now, and I think this is one of the unintended consequences of COVID that I was referring to before, you know, while it's, while it's been a complete poo storm for a lot of businesses, you know, this is one of the positives and, and Lorraine, even working. So, so, so we've noticed that as, as parents in terms of, it seems like so much more acceptable now that, that they're, they're, you know, you can show up from your home and be working from home mm. and, you know, the kids can get in the background and do the, you know, the, the bunny ears behind you while you're in a, an, yeah, ex yeah. an executive <laughs> meeting. And I know that, you know, my husband's been working from home since day dot. He works with one of the large um, organisations here and, um, you know, he's, he's been absolutely loving it. They're not back in the office. They won't be back in the office for a very long time. And I think they will be really rethinking mm. how their, um, the flexibility within yeah. their workplace shows up, which is awesome. But one of the other unintended consequences, which is awesome, particularly for businesses and people based in regional Australia, is all of a sudden now, and even like when you were talking about your speaking gigs before, all of a sudden, there's so much more opportunity because you can show up 
via Zoom. <laughs> so, you know, all the things, mm. you know, for me personally, all the things that I've um, maybe had to put restrictions on because it's been an eight-hour round trip to, to, to Sydney or, an, you know, a fairly expensive flight, all of a sudden all of this has opened up and, and, you know, I can join in events that anyone from Sydney, anyone from WA, you know, we can all just show up equally with the same technology mm. and there's absolutely no restrictions. So this inclusivity that, this, that, that COVID has, has brought about, I think has such a great chance of, of connecting us and, and even for, for yourself, like the fact that you don't have to travel to actually go and speak at these events that you can kind of show up for the hour or the couple of hours that you're required and not have to do the overnight or the, you know, all the flight, the, the flights and the travel that goes with that. Surely that, that kind of presents a lot more opportunity for you as well. Mm, for sure. And I'm actually seeing that more so with Wade's business because they're working on some partnerships with the US and yes. he's, been reaching out to the US. He's been in his business now for four years and they've been focusing on the US since probably day year three, year, so the last two years. And there was a whole thing for a long time that the US, you had to be there in order to do the meeting. And now he's yeah. having, most Thursday mornings, he's on calls with the US from 5 a.m. And because Amazing. they're accepting, no one can go anywhere. So he's like, this is so bizarre that we're actually drawing closer, we're growing closer to the US market, but we can't even go there. <laughs> and he spends, I mean, like, we would have spent at least two months of the year last year in the US. So, wow. yeah, I fully agree with you, Jane. I think it's an amazing opportunity. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Lorraine, thinking about um, entrepreneurs and people who want to start a successful business, we, a lot of our listeners are um, either working in, in corporate jobs or um, working from home or starting their own business. What tips do you have for business owners and people that are working who also want to be really present as a, as a parent, how do you mesh that so beautifully together, which you do? And what advice do you have for people who are hoping to do the same? Mm. It's a really good question. And I think like Wade says this, he actually said, I interviewed him for my podcast again recently. And he just said, like, I just, I don't understand how you get so much work done and you still sleep. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. Maybe it comes down to that. Uh, and I, I've been talking about this a lot over the last few weeks with various different people, but the whole idea of under promising and over delivering, I think a lot of us, particularly when we're starting up, we, we promise our audience, the world, our customers, the world. So I think, and, and I, I do think having a child puts the skids on, puts the brakes on that a bit because you can't, you, you know, Michelle Obama talked in her becoming book about, she realized when she had the two girls that she needs to reserve a certain amount of energy for home life. And that, and I, you know, I do, I do absolutely subscribe to that. You can't, I can't just leave everything on the field in my business. Like I used to, because I've got a beautiful little human who needs me to be in a good place. And I'm sure you guys have experienced when we're in a bad place, our kids are in an even worse place. So mm. um, there's a, there's a big responsibility that comes with that, I think, um, purely from an energy management perspective. So I think what I would be saying if I was to if you're talking to your audience as someone who maybe wants to start it, wants to start their own business one day, first I would be saying try and create a side hustle initially. And that that person I was mentoring this morning wants to create a side hustle to work around her full-time events job and she wants to start her own series of events. So I think trying to create it as a side hustle rather than having to do what oh, I did, wow. which was fine because it was perfect for the life stage where I just jacked, you know, jacked, didn't jack in my job, you know, quit, quit yeah. my job put my life savings into this business and thankfully it was a success. So um, I think if you can create a side hustle that can live alongside your business, your job, I think that's ideal. And then 
a friend of mine, Claire, who's a health coach. She's actually my, my spiritual guru on my Nusa retreat. And what she did was she was working full-time in PR. She wanted to become a yoga teacher at that point. And she just got to a point where she had enough yoga classes on a Friday that she could drop her day of PR on a Friday. And then she dropped Monday. And then eventually then she went full-time. So I think given the economic climate mm. we're in, I think a way that you can kind of segue gradually that, yeah. and, and I think it's just less scary for people because some people aren't as all in as maybe I, I and I wouldn't be as all in now given that we've got Lexi in, in, as well. So yeah. I think that would be a big one and just learn, like learn your absolute ass off. Like there's so many yeah. resources out there to learn about how to start a business, follow people who are doing the same as you want, you want to yeah. do, get a mentor, just be an absolute sponge for knowledge because I decided yeah. I went to a personal development seminar in 2010 and I realized that I would love to start my own business but the idea for that business didn't actually drop in for over a year later so mm. I think it's uh, Oprah has a really great quote and she said luck is when opportunity meets preparedness yes. so for me I was getting prepared I was learning I was kind of starting to immerse myself in business and understanding what business was and then the opportunity was the idea that dropped in for the remarkable group and yeah, I don't say the rest is history because that's being very, very, <laughs> very immodest. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's where, where it went from there. So I think, yeah, just getting yourself as prepared as possible and just being open to opportunities and being open to the opportunity presenting itself in a way that maybe you weren't expecting. I think sometimes we get very hung up on the opportunity is going to look like X, Y, Z. And yes. then when it's not, it's almost like, you know, we, we have this certain idea of this is my Mr. Right and I'm not even going to date anyone who's not that. Yes. And we yes. could be passing up lots of amazing men just because we're too rigid in what we expect it to look like him to look like yeah so, so yeah does that comes, help stacy yeah and it yeah. comes back to kind of uh, having that growth enough. growth <laughs> mindset instead of the fixed mindset um when approaching yeah, that yeah that's sure. great advice that's really really great advice so so what does the future hold for you lorraine what what next well, what's next? Well, I've got a yeah, we've got a really big goal to spend some time overseas next year. So that's <laughs> then. Then I saw the Qantas announcement. And I was like, oh shite. So anyway, that is <laughs> that is a plan for now. And I would love to write. I mean, the five year plan. I've got another three books written on there. So I should probably wow. start writing another those three. Books. Wow. Probably be a good idea. Yeah. Oh. Well, I well I figure Remarkability came out in two thousand and twelve. So oh no, sorry, two thousand sixteen. So I've actually I've written three and. Five, three and four years so um yep. I reckon I reckon I could do that and the beauty of my work as well I think is that the books get easier and easier to write because the more I yeah. spend time with my community you know every time I host a retreat or I do a workshop or I mentor someone like something's going it's all going into my brain about what it is people need um, yes. what their biggest challenges are yes. so um I've, I've got a pretty good idea of what those three books would be so I think that's that's kind of more on the creative side, that's that. And really, just like I was talking to you about, it's just more, not just, it's doing more of what I've been doing already, but just going bigger with them. So yeah. more more quality over quantity. And I, I suffered desperately from bright, shiny things syndrome, you know, just like, oh, I'll go do this. This sounds fun. And then <laughs> so something, and this actually might be helpful for your, your listeners, something I did when I was doing my planning over those two days, the very last sheet in my A3 sketch card that I worked on was I asked myself the question, what, what kind of person do I need to be in order to make all of this happen? Mm. So I think very often we get caught up on, okay, what's the outcome? Like, what's the goal I'm trying to achieve? And we forget mm. that actually it's the type of person we are that's going to get us to that goal. So yeah. something I had on that was focused. And it's, it's, if it's not on a plan, it's not happening unless there's a really, really good reason for it. Like, for example, I, I was not planning on doing any Australian retreats over the next year. 
Whereas now it'll probably look like I'll do at least two given yeah. pandemic situations. So yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, just, and that's, you know, I, I like to be excited. I like new things. So it's just yeah. finding enough excitement in the stuff I'm already doing because that mm. will maintain, that will maintain me. You get me? Yeah. Oh, love it. I'm just thinking the rain from you saying you want to do three more books and you can get a sense from your people as to what their challenges are and where they need assistance. How do you go about then turning that into knowledge for the book? Because sometimes is is it the case that sometimes your tribe say, okay, this is our challenge and this is what we need help with, but perhaps it's not something that you've always been known as, as the, you know, having that's your mm. your area of expertise. Do you, do you then kind of turn it over or is that something that you then go and research. go and research and, and look into it and, and then bring to your people? Or it, it kind of seems like with your first three books, like I look at those things and I go, they're so you, but maybe they weren't before. And I've never really thought about that. No, they were. They were. You know, and this is the funny thing where I'm at with my, my author career is that um, they, that was always the trilogy. It's the weirdest thing. Like I always said, the first one is going to be remarkability. The next one's going to be something around organization. And the third one will be about blending business with baby. So they, they were always the three. So I kind of feel a bit like, <laughs> I mean, obviously nowhere near as popular, but I feel like I've written the Twilight trilogy and it's like, okay, what's next? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I think the strategy for what's next is actually got, and, and you know, think about the, the beauty of this, the opportunity I have is if I create a program that goes really, really well, it's almost in reverse now because I published Get Remarkably Organized and then that became a program and speaking topics and so on. What yeah. I actually want to focus on for the next three is almost like uh, testing the idea with the program and then the program becomes the book. So for example, I mean, I'm giving away all my trade secrets here, but I, I definitely <laughs> want to write a step into new book. That would be the next one I'd want to write. Does that make sense? Because I've run yeah. that program twice. I know the challenges and yeah. then that I can dive deeper into that topic with the book. And yeah. 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 I love that. But yeah, Stacey, just on that, I, I wouldn't feel confident writing on demand, if that makes sense. I feel like mm. for, I think what works for my books, you know, assuming that they work is that I've lived and breathed it and people connect with my personal story. And that then yeah. helps them take on the principles. I don't think it would work for me just to write a straight business. You know, this is how you do it X, Y, Z, because yeah. I think yeah. what brings the energy and connects people with it is my story. So I feel like yes. I would need to live it before I'd write about it. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, and the yeah. reason I ask is because my book that I have in, you know, my head currently. Ooh, yes. But is you? I, yes. I worry that I only have the stories and I don't have necessarily the expertise. And this is my imposter syndrome coming in. But you saying that mm. fills me with confidence because I have lived it, I have experienced it, I do have the story to go with it, and hopefully that means that that mm. will resonate with my audience when I find a way to be able yeah. to communicate that without you know being an MBA yeah. in whatever it is that I happen to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're sitting next to a marketing expert there in Jane and, and she can tell you storytelling is the most powerful form of communication there is. So, and, and think about how many, how much you have learned from other people's stories. That's how we, we, we learn and we, we teach people. So I think the, the story, and even if I think about remarkability, some of those chapters were more story, but at the end there was mm. like, this is kind of the key learnings or this is your action points. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, please don't let that hold you back. Mm, mm. that's awesome Lorraine Murphy what a joy to have finally have you as a guest on Miss Bossy Boots thank you so much for taking the time to thank join you. us today um, 
Jane, this is so cool. 100 episodes, Lorraine Murphy. <laughs> Yay! Where, where to next? Happy Friday. I'm giving virtual, virtual applause. Well done, guys. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm so impressed at everything you've done. And yeah, I, I think I just recorded episode 52 of mine yesterday. So yeah, I've got some catching up to do. Well done. Oh, well done. Well, your first milestone, 50. Yep. yep. You're on Thank the way you. to 100 now. <laughs> if you want to find out more about Lorraine, I mean, apart from listening to all the episodes where we talk about it, yeah. we love her. Um, you can uh, follow her on Instagram and Lorraine Remarkables. How, is that right, Lorraine Remarkables? Uh, yeah, Lorraine? at Lorraine Remarks. Yeah, yeah Lorraine I picked Remarks. the handle ages ago and it's just, just I'll just leave it at this point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or her fabulous books, um, uh, Remarkability, Get Remarkably Organised, and Baby, You're Remarkable. You can get them at all Look good at you. And all over it. Well, we just adore you. So yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you guys. Thank you. Oh. And thank you to our Miss Bossy Boots listeners for uh, sticking with us for 100 episodes. We hope to, um, to have 100 more Absolutely. come out for you. We've done 100 episodes and we don't know how to sign off. Yes. Good. Okay. <laughs> it's because we don't want to sign off. That's we just right. want to keep going all day. Uh-huh. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 